And I'm delighted to welcome Justin Williams onto the radio waves for, to meet all of the Five Nations this morning. Justin Williams wears many hats, but Justin, I have you on today because you are a mushroom forager and mushroom expert of note, even to the point of having published books about it. Is that right? That's quite right, Dan. Uh, my first book will be coming out uh, later this year. And that's quite right. I am the mushroom guy. Some people say the fun guy, but I think of myself just as somebody who has a keen interest in, in mushrooms. That is so interesting. And I'm sure in 25 years of foraging for mushrooms from literally a child to the point where you're now going to put out a book, Justin Williams, you found out some pretty fascinating things about mushrooms. I've heard about, and I can't believe I'm saying this, but like drug warfare between fungi and cicadas. I don't know if I have misunderstood that, but like the fungi know how to protect themselves. Am I wrong here? Sure, Dan. That is actually a crazy story. And you're quite right. Spot on. Um, there's a fungus called Massospora cicadina. And what it does is it actually it's a parasitic fungus that actively attacks cicada insects. And okay. What it can do is actually change the insect's chemistry of its brain and make it react in a certain way. And while it's busy kind of hardwiring the insect's mind, um, it's also synthesizing a form of MDMA. So methamphetamine, I believe it is. Okay. Um, and it actually causes the insect to go into full-on party mode and <laughs> full-on go into a mating orgy with other cicada insects, which have also been infected. Okay. And little do the insects know is that the fungus is actually actively spreading spores to more cicadas. And the cicadas were actually quite literally rave for several days on end before they pass out and die from exhaustion. So quite a gruesome story, but also fascinating to know how fungi can A, synthesize drugs, and B, completely change the chemistry of, of an organism, which is completely wild. Okay, wait. So just, just one more time for the remedial me at the back. So the, the fungi strategy is to re-hardwire these cicadas' minds to get them to hook up in an endless orgiastic expression of love and drugs with as many other cicadas as possible in order to allow the spores to spread even to the point of the cicadas dying from burnout. That's 100% right. <laughs> and we can call it a tinder for insects, but on the platform of fungi. Man, that is outrageous. And I'm sure that there are like tons of these little anecdotes because I, at least from what I understand from you, fungi is so interesting. What are you, a few of your other favorites? Well, I think on the, on the topic of like crazy, like parasitic fungi, there's one in some place of the world called a cordyceps. And what this cordyceps fungus will do is it also attacks insects, in this case, ants. Okay. And it will also, one spore can actively kind of travel within an ant's body also change its brain's chemistry, cause that ant to climb up to the highest tree, impale itself on a branch while it's had its brain's chemistry changed. And from its, from its body, a single fungus or mushroom rather will grow and drop its spores down below onto the forest floor, uh, infecting more ants, which will also in turn repeat the cycle and walk like zombies up to the tree and just continue that process. Completely nuts, right? Justin, this sounds like what Hollywood aspires to be. Like these kind of like horror movie thriller narratives would be dream come true for a few scriptwriters of mine. I almost wish that sci-fi stopped trying to be special and just recreated the natural world. Yeah. All you got to do is walk into a forest and just look a little closer and one could observe the most incredible things happening. How much of an interest is there in like mushroom foraging from restaurants who want to provide something really special? 
There's a massive interest. The demand is huge from the hospitality sector. But, you know, our problem in South Africa is that we have quite a, an unpredictable harvest, especially in public places that one is permitted to go foraging in. So there's a lot of interest out there, but the actual foraging grounds are quite limited in themselves. But then you consider something interesting, like the fact that there are many, many pine plantations throughout Mpumalanga, parts of KwaZulu-Natal and the Eastern Cape. And those are pristine conditions for foraging mushrooms, huh. but they're privately owned plantations. And the beauty of that is that we actually have quite a thriving economy where up to a thousand kilos of porcini mushrooms are shipped overseas a day during wow. season. So a crazy little known fact is that South Africa is one of the world's biggest exporters of porcini mushrooms in the world, which completely blew my mind when I first learned that. <laughs> and are porcini mushrooms like blessed and highly sought after? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'd say they're in the top five of like best edible mushrooms in the sense that they have this incredible like nutty woody flavor, um, sure. quite a creamy texture, and they go so well with a good pasta or risotto or something like classically Italian. I've been walking through plenty of forests and delta parks and whatever around South Africa in my life, and I've now and again seen a mushroom, but I've always immediately thought, okay, from every single like children's fairy tale, don't touch the mushrooms, you're going to poison yourself, something terrible is going to happen. <laughs> I think that's good advice. You know, with with foraging, there's no real like kind of good reason to like risk your health. So it's always good to know exactly what you're picking and what to look for. And the best foraging grounds, usually, I mean, I'm talking about here in Cape Town in specific, where there are pine trees and where there are oak trees, which are both introduced tree species, those trees harbor the actual fungi themselves, which put out the fruit, which is actually the mushroom that we see growing above the ground. So wherever there are pine trees and oak trees, usually there's a good selection of different types of fungi that have associated with those types of introduced trees. So here in Cape Town, I'll go to places like Newlands Forest, where one needs a permit to go foraging, or Cecilia Forest. Likewise, you know, there are plenty of places around the Stellenbosch and Winelands where there are more publicly accessible pine plantations where I go every season, do my thing and go pick mushrooms. Uh, but for people who are just really interested in, in investigating, understanding mushrooms and fungi more, interacting with the natural world around them more to see it as a food source as opposed to food just coming from a supermarket or a farm in your imagination, or people who really, really want to get involved to the point of even making money or being a part of the industry, what is the entry point now? How would you say beyond following you on Instagram, which I'm sure is very helpful? Thank you so much, Dan. I'll definitely take that. I, I do put some effort into my Instagram when, when, I, when time permits, of course, but yeah. I think a good kind of starting point is to immerse oneself in the available literature that's around. So going to your local library or going searching on Facebook or a social media platform to find local dedicated mushroom groups where there's just that community spirit of people posting their photos. And over time, the more photos that you're seeing in your feed, the more you will begin to learn and understand, okay, well, this mushroom is found generally in that area at that time of year as a result of those weather conditions. And over time, you'll just understand the habitats a bit better. Like, okay, cool. So those mushrooms grow in pine plantations, whereas those ones typically pop up in your flower beds in your gardens. And I think once, once you've just got a basic understanding of what you can eat and what you can't eat, then it's a case of understanding, like drilling down your focus and going, okay, cool. Well, I want to find those mushrooms because they're really good to eat and I know they're 100% safe. And with that aspect in mind, I think a business can come about of, okay, well, there's maybe a, a demand in the market. Maybe we have a big supply, uh, economics happen, and a business can form as a result of that. Sure. That is so fascinating. Well, Justin Williams, just give us your Instagram handle just in case people want to go find out because I know you've got thousands of people on there who adore it. 
<laughs> my handle is my full name. It's Justin David Williams. Okay, and brilliant. it's got some underscores in between and plenty of mushrooms on my feed. You, you can't miss it. Perfect. Justin, thank you so much for your time, dude. This is absolutely fascinating. It's now making me think about the natural world that I, as I just moved through it, to be honest, uh, and trying to see it in a different and more informed way. Thank you, brother. Five breakfast. With Dan, Matty, Holly, and Marley.